Okay, today I'm in Somerset with a couple that regular race goers, at least in the West Country, will definitely know, Jane and Dave Hazel. Thanks very much for inviting me to your lovely house to uh, talk to you today both. Um, Dave, congratulations, recently retired from your proper job. Thank you. Um, <laughs> now, Dave and Jane Hazel, family bookmakers, how long have you been in the betting ring as a couple? Probably as a couple, we started 1998. Um, I'm saying that, but we also did. We used to bet off the old ESL list. And certainly we'd done a few derbies before that as a couple. And I used to go with a friend off of the old ESL list, but not as a couple. So I would say 1998, when we could, when the buying and selling of pitches came in. Okay, now, were you... I mean, when did you both get married? 1991. Right, so very you, difficult question, Simon. Wait, wait, I noticed Dave... Uh, Jane, actually, not you, Dave. So... so were you both interested in racing before you got together? Obviously, I assume you were, David. Jane, was it a new thing to you or were you interested? No, it, it wasn't new to me. My dad um, loved his racing and he worked for Mike Brady in his betting shop in Whitehall in Bristol. So I was quite used to watching Saturday afternoon racing on the television and I knew a lot about prices. Not pricing, but prices. I think Dave thought he'd died and gone to heaven when he met me. Well, he did, didn't he? Um, so, Dave, you're, you're a plumber by trade. Yeah. So when did the bookmaking start for you? Um, so I used to do a bit of clerking for Steve Bell, God rest his soul, uh, and, and that sort of got me. I, as a kid, I did a lot of show jumping, and I used to go to Nedge, which was the old point-to-point uh, point track. I'd ridden around there, um, and then I got involved because I was quick with the mental arithmetic, and then I started helping Steve... Uh, with some of the... I used to clerk for Steve Bell. Yeah, so when... Um, so how old would you have been when you started doing that with Steve? So I remember Steve on course. His dad was there before him, wasn't he? Reg. Reg, Reg helped Bell, us. Yeah, yeah. yeah, when we first got our licence, in all fairness, Reg did help us. He gave us a tripod and a bag. Um, I would have been in my 20s, definitely, and I started actually on course. So were you doing that sort of weekends and stuff? Yes, it was, about, it was an enjoyment, but... It, uh, you mentioned I was, I'm a plumber, I was a plumber. I mean, I used to do a lot of plumbing, and so I would sort of dart away or do what I could when I could. But predominantly, it was late, later. Okay, James, do you remember the first time you actually worked on course? Was it with Dave or somebody else? No, it was with Dave, and it was a derby, I believe, wasn't it? Um, a baptism of fire, oh, eh? I can't think. We were on the hill. Um, no, we weren't. No? Arguing already. We yeah. were on Tattenham Corner. Oh, Tattenham Corner, we were. Tattenham Corner, Yes. I do remember. Dave could tell you a story about that, actually. Couldn't he? <laughs> this is what we're here for, Dave. Okay, yeah, all right. So we'd, we'd, uh, we were determined to try and lay a bet and try and be... Uh, and, no, not try and be, and be very honest with people. When you bet on Tattenham Corner, corner the, it was up by the train station and they would wander in past the train station from sort of 10 o'clock onwards. They'd walk past you. Quite often they would place their bets and then carry on into tats or into the middle uh, anyway so we were laying our bets blah 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 lovely jubbly it was a, it was a nice day a pleasant day we got to the derby the derby result i can't remember what when anyway we had a bet in there a payout of 1800 quid um it was wild they were all drinking and jumping up and down behind us in the car park so i'd told all the staff whatever happens you're polite courteous and we're honest and we try and lay the bet, okay? So we paid out on the derby. This bet hasn't been picked up. 
and it was in the days when you had your name on the card. It wasn't a printout, it was just a, a ticket. So the next race comes and this bet still hasn't been picked up. We must be now where the next race comes and they're telling me ticket one, two, three hasn't been picked up and is 1,800 quid. Well, if I'm honest, si, I'm getting a bit excited now. <laughs> so that is, and this is lots and lots of years ago. So anyway, with that, you hear the biggest crash that as if two cars have had a smash. So we've looked behind us. There's, um, there's kids dancing on a minibus and somebody has fallen off, crashed into the car next door. So you've got the ambulances there, etc., etc. Take him away. We've now packed up and we're ready to go. And um, we're just sort of getting into the car and this bloke walks up and he said, I found a ticket. My mate, I've got a ticket. Could you just have a look and see if there's anything on it? <laughs> <laughs> so she said, oh, that's 118. You've got 1,800. So I looked at her in disgust. She looked at me and said, you said we've got to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> And of course you would have been. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, one of my previous interviewees, well-known bookmaker from around these parts, Andy Smith mentioned you in his interview. That must have been a bit of an unorthodox learning experience for you. When he said he, the biggest mistake bookmakers make is turning up with money. Yeah, we would go racing with Andrew with nothing. And I mean absolutely nothing. And I'm sure Andrew wouldn't mind me saying... Uh, my everybody knew me on the racetrack as plumber. I used to turn up to Andrews on a Saturday morning. Jane would be sat home with the kids, and we would be skint then as well because we had a mortgage and two children. I'd turn up at Andrews at um, I can't think where was he lived Burnham Barrow Barrow Gurney. I turn up at Andrews, walk into the kitchen, and his opening sentence would be plumber. How much can you get? How much can you get out of the hole, on, hole in the wall? So we would then make our way to Lloyd's Bank at Bishopsworth and see what I could get out and then go off to uh, off to the races. I remember going to Wincanton on a bank, I'm sure it was a bank holiday Monday, and we never had enough money to take the badge out. So we had to set up quickly and take some bets so as we could go um, and take the badge out. And then we he had a winning day uh, and everything was good. He was very good. And as much as, you know, people say things about Andrew. He did help us a lot when we started with pitches, with uh, support. Andrew, I don't see much of him um, and he probably now only phones up if he wants something. But over the years, Andrew's been all right to me without a doubt. Okay, now you, Jane, you mentioned that time you went, memorable time you went racing for the first time with David Tatton Corner. Mm -hmm. So when did you really get involved with the business? Uh, when buying and selling came in, we used to do it together then as we do now. Um, and that's when I got involved more, wasn't it? We were very fortunate that my mum could look after our children for us when we went racing, and we were able to do it weekends, evenings, and bank holidays, and festivals. Okay, now in recent years, there's been a lot more ladies, you know, in the, there used to be a few maybe clerking in the old days, but a lot more ladies actually on the pitches now, which is pretty much unheard of back when I started. Um, it was always like a very male-dominated sort of thing. You know, how has it been for you? How have you found it? It's been difficult. A lot of people, gentlemen in particular, didn't accept women standing on the front of the joint and taking the bets. Over time, it's been more accepted. The ladies like it. They come. They do come up and say, "I'm betting with you because of you're a lady, and we want to bet with you." And but we've got we've got punters now that come up to us and men and 
they just take it for granted now. There still aren't many. It's still quite hard sometimes. There aren't many women on the front anymore, but it, it's accepted more now. But you, but you go out on your own without Dave, don't yeah. you? And when did you actually first start to stand up on the pitch and take the bets? Um, probably. I was doing the computer for ages, wasn't I? Um, probably in about the last 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, about the last 10 years I've been standing on the front taking the bets. So did you find that it was the punters that found it harder to accept or the bookmakers as well? Both. Both, definitely. Bookmakers, male bookmakers didn't like it, obviously, um, because I'm a female in a male or, well, yeah, they just didn't like it at all. And do you think the punters treat you any differently? If there's a dispute or anything, they're less likely to be in your face? No, definitely not. Definitely not. They're, they're just as aggressive to me as they are to a gentleman bookmaker. Okay, now you mentioned, that you said, well, you've said that you started probably when buying and selling came in, so 1998. It doesn't seem that long ago, sadly, does it? But it's no. actually, well, it's 25 years now, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. So how, how much has it changed as far as people's attitudes to ladies have, have it sort of gone? Um, like I said, it's much more acceptable now, and I don't get the comments, oh, unusual to see a lady stood on the front. They just do accept it, definitely now. That I'm stood there and we've got a regular punters now as well and they quite like a lady being on the front some men come up and say the same as the ladies do I'll just bet with you because you're a lady lucky lucky lady yeah. so yeah so obviously you know already you're a married couple how easy is it to because I mean I've seen bookmakers driven people literally mad but they were, they were crazy by the time they're sort of retirement age so how have you worked in such a highly highly charged business and kept saying together because you you're together and you can't just leave and I it is teamwork definitely it is I would say honestly uh, sorry we 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 bicker more at home possibly than we do on the racetrack and it is only bicker um we we very rarely we would have more of a dispute over the pick of where we're going to bet than probably a dispute over laying a bet if we've laid a bet that possibly we shouldn't have laid a bet then we will look at each other and, and that's it it's gone and you can't turn the clock back mm. and we'll we'll do it um so yeah I, I don't really think that we don't have long silences coming home or anything like that don't we, ruin my next question dave i do apologize <laughs> go on because i've been interested no, no in but it. i mean i'm interested in that because does it work being teamwork when it comes to accepting a bet has there not got to be a boss that says yes we're taking that bet you can have a row in front of the punter do you want me to go or i don't mind you carry we do always try and lay what they ask i'm not saying we stand it simon because we will hedge it with other bookmakers and obviously as you're aware um you we've got the machine you like stories so we've gone to goodwood um and we're betting around in the owners and trainers we've sat in the owners and trainers we've got the two kids there um, and we're having a drink, and I think his name, Michael Watson, the, yeah. bo the boxer, boxer, came in, not physically strong or anything, and he had his hand bandaged, and Gavin looked at him, and I said, Gav, you wouldn't realise how brave that guy was. I said, it, it's absolutely amazing, the fights that they had, etc., etc. I said, come on, and we walked over, and he had a lady with him, and I explained, and they were ever so friendly, they were lovely. Anyway, we started betting... And she came down, his carer came down, and she said, oh, Michael said, how nice you were to him. Can he bet his horse with you in this race? Now, in those days, as Jane said, Jane was, I was on the front, and Jane was on the computer. So 
she said, I'll have £250 each way. I was expecting her to have a tenner each way. She said, Michael would like £250 each way, horse 14. We've got a queue, we're busy, we're trying to rush them in and you know take as much money as we can. I said to Jane, £250 each way, number 14. She went, Dave, Dave. I said, Jane, £250 each way, number 14, please. So she said, so she's now giving me the elbow. <laughs> Dave, Dave, and I'm sort of looking around, Dave, Dave, Dave. I said, do the ticket. So she's done the ticket. I've given it to the lady. It's 66 to 1. Um, we got a queue. Anyway, she's walking away. So I've jumped off the stool, caught up. I said, excuse me. I said, I am sorry. I said, we've laid you a bet. No problem. I said, but I might not have enough cash to pay you out. If it wins, would Michael take a check? So she said, no, Michael would want cash. <laughs> now, that was one of those days. Anyway, I darted into tats um, and could get very, very little. All these big time bookies well I did manage to get uh, what did I get somebody £25 laid, pound each 15 way. pound each way oh 15 um, and then Corbett's did lay me some but, it, but that ruined our day really and the horse wasn't cited it was not even mentioned but us standing horses for money like that made us yeah feel sick but there, there we are yeah So, but we didn't bicker about it we die with our boots on is that right yep definitely so can, can you leave it on the race course so you've had a particularly bad day you come home is it forgotten about? Yeah, yeah. We talk about it. We we do, we never argue about it. We talk about it. Um, and like Dave said, we argue more about where we're going to stand on the race course rather than whether we win or lose. But yeah, we do leave it on the race course. Dave, I know this is probably going to hurt the pair of you, but I would like to hear the story of Hunt Ball at Wincanton. I reckon it was your namesake. Uh, so, uh, Mr. Knott, I think it's his name with is. K. K. It's about okay. with a K, they are, yes. Um, we'd, <laughs> it, right, so we were uh, we were betting round, there was a, the, the, it looked like the meeting was going to be cancelled because the, the roof sheets were blowing and they had a health and safety inspection. So they decided that they would shut tats and we would bet on the hedge around the, from tats into the yeah, members. I remember it, yeah. So they come out of the parade ring in, we had a good pitch that day. Um, Baba, and we're poodling away. We weren't taking a lot of money, just hoping to get a day's wages. With that, again, Jane is on the front and I'm on the computer. Somebody comes in. I'm going to say he had two grand on site. So I'm not sure. It's possibly he had four grand. Um, blah, blah, blah. So we've taken the bet. Um, the price collapsed on the machine and I'm running around in the ring. He must have bet it with every single bookmaker that day. Um, and I remember running along to Andrew and saying, look, I just laid this. And Andrew saying to me, yeah, so have I, plumber. But don't worry, it won't win. <laughs> <laughs> so the the horse, the horse absolutely bolted up. It sluiced up um, and it won. And we we're and they're all out for their money. We'd also laid it as well prior to that to our regular point-to-point -point punters who you're obligated to lay, lay the price. We ran out of money. We genuinely, genuinely ran out of money. And we were sort of panicking, what, what can we do? That it brings home how we've made friends and how people trust. People helped us out, really did help us out, so we had enough cash to pay out. But so to answer your question is, we didn't. We packed in then. After that, there were two more races, and we pulled down, loaded the car, and we stopped off in the Blue Bowl on the way home, Two Magna <laughs> or Tutenmende, and we had a bottle of wine and we had a meal, and that was it. We felt sick, but. It, Life goes on. Yeah, we didn't bring it home and that was it. And to put this in perspective for people that weren't there, I saw the guy that bet it walking around literally with a bin bag chucking the money in. That's how much they had on. 
Can you yeah. remember he jumped on the back of the horse as well? I do. In the I remember, yeah, and, I and in the winner's enclosure, and he got fined for that. He did, didn't he? It was, it was uh, only three hundred pounds, but he got fined. Now that was one of those memorable days. Obviously, yes. wrong reasons for you, but I, I remember it very well because I was there myself. Um, so, right, you bet at Wincanton. Um, where, where do you bet these days? Where, where are your pitches? All southwest, so Newton Abbott, down as far as Exeter, Newton Abbott, and up as far as Chester, and lots in between. Epsom is our furthest south. Chester are furthest north, and all the local tracks: Chepstow, Bath, Taunton, Ascot. Worcester, we've Ascot. got a pitch at Leicester. Cheltenham. We choose. We've been able to choose when when we go. So we've got quite a lot of pitches. Um, Worcester, and we're off. We we, we built the business um, so as we could go out most weekends and through the summer on the evenings. So we so we selected pitches that suited our. And added them to our portfolio to go along with your job. To go along mm. with the job. Is that going to change now that you've retired? I think through the summer again. I think through the summer we will probably go out to some of the local meetings. You know, pick our days. Still, mm. there's lots of places you wouldn't want to go. Yeah. Have you? Put, do you? Do you put a lot of thought into the ones you will attend and the ones you don't? The ones you're going to swerve. You do, don't you? Yeah, we, we look and, like I say, we, we study the sort of fixture list when we've been buying pitches and uh, it was Exeter yesterday. Now, a year ago, we went to Exeter yesterday and did such such poor business. Mm. Um, we decided that we wouldn't go uh, we wouldn't go again there and we won't be going next week. So well, what's your angle as a bookmaker? I mean, would you go through the form of making opinion? Or, you know, what would, you, what would your, um, the way you tackle it be? Do you want we? I when I go out, I don't bet to an opinion. I bet to figures, and that's all I can say about that because I, I don't study form, so I do bet to figures definitely. But we we will have a look, and if Jane is going, Jane went on New Year's Day to Exeter, so we had a glance through at the horses that we thought might there might be money for and what we might do, um, and so we would sort of then, be careful on the pricing up of those. Um, if we if we thought that something was a, a good thing or we'd watched horses run, and I, and I say that to Jane and Lucy, mm. you have your own opinion and bet to your own opinion because nobody is better than your own eye. And you know when to get stuck in and when not to get stuck in, when yeah. they're betting well or they're betting, yeah. betting badly. We're not always right, right, because we'll go back down the ball because Lucy is, was when Lucy was the youngest female... Is Lucy your daughter? Lucy, our, yeah. Our, and when she was... We decided that Huntball had too much weight to win at Cheltenham. Cheltenham. And then Lucy, we, t- we stood it and it sluiced up and Lucy had to go on Channel 4 the next day. <laughs> <laughs> now, p- people these days are of the opinion that racehorse bookmakers, they turn up and take as much money as they possibly can, then they press a magic button and they win every race and they go home and they can't possibly lose anymore. Now, what's the reality of that? I don't even know how to green up. Do you? I do, I do, um, and again, so we and we don't green up. Um, we we haven't we haven't got into that at all. We do not green up. If I decided I I would I I would fiddle around myself and balance the book as best I could, um, and we went to Royal Ascot on the Saturday this year, and Lucy and Jane, so we're all it's our business. And so we went out for dinner on the Friday and it was a sellout. And we, I'd said, right, there were times today on the Friday when I thought I should have greened up for decent figures. So Lucy 
said, Dad, we've never greened up. You never green up. We shouldn't do it. So I went, OK, and had a couple more beers. On the Saturday, we got to the third or fourth race and the figure was very enticing to green up. OK, now we were betting in two separate locations, Lucy and her mum and me and a guy. So it was too much of an enticement not to green up. So I greened up. And we had a 33 to 1 winner. And you couldn't move in that ring. Lucy made her way 100 yards through that betting ring to give me a telling off. And then we agreed. You were going to say something else, <laughs> A proper dressing you say, down. You can say bollocking on <laughs> A proper dressing down. <laughs> Quite right, too. Now, you bet in good pitches in the silver rings as well as in tats. Is there a difference in the way you play in each ring? Or, do you, or, or is it each day or each meeting? You know, you each race even that you sort of are you consistently when, doing the same thing when we go out jointly i'm and i normally go into the silver rings i'm a slave to dave so i don't have anything to do with the price and unless i have to delink because of obvious reasons um pricing wise but you you are quite impressed with what we take out, aren't you, in the silver rings? Yeah, it is. some of the silver rings are si, difficult. Some of the silver rings are holiday crowds. Mm. And exactly like you say, I'm not saying we have a big opinion on everything, but every now and again you want to get one in, and if you're in the silver ring, you don't, you're not always able to, get because the money isn't there. They're mm. there with their family, and they want to have their £2.50 each way, etc. Whereas if you're in tats and you decided to pull one a bit, you would invariably lay it. Right, OK. And you also bet at point to points. Yes. So is what's the score there? Yeah, we we, we I enjoy the point to points. Mm -hmm. We've got lots of friends at the point to points, uh, and and I, I enjoy going. Okay. Now all the times I've known you guys, you've um, you've taken holidays to bet at Royal Ascot, Glorious Goodwood. Have, have you always managed to make it pay to justify taking the time off work and you know covering the X's? Because the X's are. Quite considerable, especially because you like to enjoy yourselves as You've well. You've been out with us, in Goodwood. You know what our exes are like. I know. So, <laughs> so you know, has it has it always paid for itself? But Lucy is a uh, a sleeping. Lucy is a partner as a percentage of the the business. So Lucy will come to when she can. She's now got two children, and there's that is an example. So we always go off um, Ascot to now. It's Lucy's has to take time off of work to come to the bigger meetings. And last year, I, it's Jane and I, Lucy couldn't come to Goodwood, and um, so I put the second Goodwood pitch up for sale. So Lucy didn't want us to sell anything, but she said, Dad, I think it's a good idea you sell it because we never, ever make any money at Goodwood. And then I sat down and I said, Lucy, we stay there from Tuesday to Saturday. We go out, we eat in the top restaurants, we drink the place dry, and it never costs us a penny. I said, we might not make any money at the end of the week, but it very rarely costs us money. So treat, you know... To, it's a holiday. Yeah, so Goodwood, would that that would be one. I don't think we get, but we enjoy it. And the other places, so actually, yeah, it's been worthwhile taking time off of work. Okay, now you've been, you've just, you just mentioned you just retired, been successful as a plumber. As the, as the bookmaking side of the business always been a bit more about having fun because you love it or has it been a, you know important part of your added income it, it has been an important part of our, our, our added income 
Um, and what we've done over the years is, as we've mentioned, we would sort of have a little, uh, we, we, if we made money, we would reinvest it and buy another pitch. There are times when, without doubt, I would have made far more, mon much, more money plumbing. But I enjoy the bookmaking. I enjoy the 99 times out of a 10, out of 100, I enjoy going, company, etc. We've made lots of really, really lifelong friends on the race course. And did you ever, was there any point where you considered turning in the plumbing and becoming a full-time race course bookie, the pair of you? I, I'm going to say no. I asked you to do it a few times, yeah. didn't I? But Dave's got the sensible head and he decided no. It was, it, we, we had the guarantee. I had the, the wage coming in that would keep us going, which would educate the kids, which would pay our mortgage, would mm. put food on the table and which would build for retirement with a pension. Um, and then the, the social times, we, we've had to work hard when people criticise us. We've always worked sort of seven days a week because of the full-time role, but because it was consistent and guaranteed the income, because the bookmaking can be a bit up and down, as you're aware. <laughs> <laughs> now, talking about the socialising, I remember a particularly good night in Arundel, a glorious Goodwood week, where the... Um, where the Hazel family suddenly became the Von Trapps. <laughs> Do you want to share that with us? So one, there's a, uh, you can mention the other bookmaker's name as well, I'm sure he won't mind. You know, you carry on. I, do you know what? We, we had some terrific nights. We went and we booked. In those days, the restaurants, we used to go to Butler's and... Oh, I forget what it was called, the one next door. But okay. when we turned up on the Tuesday, they would be vying for our business. On the, on the Friday on the, evening. Would you, are you coming here on the Friday? Both restaurants, we, used to, we, we alternated. And, they would be, and I would organise the night out for about a dozen of us, or etc. And so they would, they would you know, offer us a bottle of champagne on the Tuesday if we would book the, the Friday, etc. So we, were having a, we went to Butler's, we booked it, we had a nice long table, um, yourself... Jeff Banks was there, uh, Paul Gold. Um, I'm trying to think. The table, I'm not even sure if M, um, MJH? Chip and Dale yeah. were there. MJH were there. I think they were, actually. Um, Jeff Banks had, uh, was with his partner. Gavin was there. Lucy was there. Gavin being our son. Gavin, um, Jeff Banks and his entire team there, didn't he? Yes, he yes, did. And I, was, did. I didn't know what, you know, with Jeff, he sort of there as his team, didn't he? It was all the ladies, weren't there? Yes. The lady members of his team, anyway. Yeah. And it was a good old table. Anyway, and Johnny Purcell. Johnny Purcell was a bookmaker years ago. And I remember John from the flapping days at Breen. Um, and I met John. So he was there and John was a proper character. And we'd had a nice few drinks. And we decided, I'm not sure whether it was Edelweiss or... <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I think it was the one, was it, uh, or was it Abba? We oh, had a proper what, sing song was, in the end, It was both, I believe. I think we were singing I think you got into, music I, I think you got Abba. into your swing. I think it was like the, the sound of music. But did, I, Jeff, join, did Jeff join No, he, he was absolutely horrified. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he spoke to us since. I, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> But those are the sort of nights that made it worthwhile going to those big meetings. Definitely, we do those. miss those nights. Yeah, we still go to the meeting, but we do miss those nights. How come they don't happen anymore then? I don't know. Well, I think COVID. Yeah, I was going to say, right up until COVID, yeah. we were still having a, a Friday night and the, the good winter. COVID knocked us out for a few years, didn't it? And then we didn't go. Last year, we didn't go on the Friday to Goodwood because it was a, the first. This year we did. We only did the, we did the two pitches, but it was only Jane and I. Um, and and we met local 
in the pubs and you know and didn't we will get that back on track for next year simon i can promise you (laughs) (laughs) all right guys um talking in between about your most memorable days at the races now you started to tell me a story i didn't expect it to be the type of story that you're about to tell us yeah we had a very very unfortunate incident last year um it upsets me to talk about it actually but i will um <clears throat> i was racing at salisbury with lucy and david had gone to chester with gavin our son and harriet his fiance so we have two pitches at chester um so that's why he has staff up there so i i'd found out that um chester had been abandoned so i tried phoning dave because i looked at the results and there was an 11 to 1 shot won the first and I think it was abandoned after the third or fourth Yeah, race. next two favourites. Yeah, next two favourites won. And I thought, oh dear, we've, he's had a bad day. Now he's been abandoned. And I rang him and there was no reply, which is quite unusual when we're racing separately. Anyway, he did ring me back and I got off the front of the stand and took his call. And um, I said to him, well, you must have had a bad start to the day with two favourites winning. He said, yeah, I lost on the first and I lost on the second and the third. I said, and then it was abandoned. He said, yeah, he said, and then I lost the lot. So I said, what do you mean you lost the lot? So he said, I've lost a lot, Jane. So I said, you've had it stolen, haven't you? And he said, yes, I have. Well, me being me, and I'm very emotional, I burst into tears and that didn't suit Dave because, you know, he, he needed my support, not... Anyway, um, I pulled myself together and I'll let you carry on telling the story what happened. Yeah, I mean, to this day, so we had issues with the computer so we had issues with the signal and the two pitches were linked um and i'd obviously taken my eye off the ball because we it was flipping in and out and i was leaving the pitch to go and get the rdt guys um i'd taken money because we'd lost i'd had to take money out of the float to give to gavin and his partner on each joint and I'd done it two or three times and pushed it so in the end I moved to the second pitch and pushed it in behind the battery um stupid lesson learned but it was a expensive um lesson um two things out of it Jane didn't ever want to go back to Chester after that and she said why don't we just sell the pitches I don't want to go there Chester Racecourse would have been absolutely Mm. fantastic um, and I think the guy's name is Paddy Chesters, Paddy Chester or Paddy Chesters. Um, and I got nothing but admiration. He contacted us. He uh, he was empathetic. He was sympathetic. He was great. Um, and he asked us to go back and not to walk away from there. He looked at our record uh, on our attendance and offered us a bit of support for the rest of the season. Um, and then came out and met us and made sure everything was good. They were wonderful. Um, I had to go, I had to leave the track and go up on the wall to be interviewed by the police when the incident happened. So I went out with Gavin and we walked out, explained to the security what was going on and we went and had an interview with the police. I came back a quarter of an hour later and they wouldn't let me back in the track. <laughs> you can't, you can't write it, can you? They wouldn't let, no, people aren't. I said, I've just gone anyway. So that was that one. On the Monday... Um, I was at work and on the Monday at about half past three, I had a phone call from security and the police. Uh, and the police said, look, I've got some news for you. He said, the bad news is you'll never get your money back. That's gone. 
He said, the good news is we've got the person that's done it. So I, I said, that's, I'm happy. I'm pleased. I really, really am pleased that you've got. He said, yeah. He said, there's a guy stood on your joint black coat. He said, um, 30, early 30s, he said, and he's got money in his hand. I said, yeah, that's my son. <laughs> so that was that so he said okay we'll keep looking so he's phoned back now half an hour later and he said to me okay mate he said we got him this time this is a woman he said we got a woman I said yeah that's my he's, he's uh, drawn a picture of her I said yeah that's my son's girlfriend said, okay <laughs> so yeah so no, nothing ever came again the West of England Bookmakers Association everybody on the racetrack were, was absolutely lovely you know, showing sympathy, came up, shook her hands. Um, they had a bit of a whip round in in our association, and and it just made a very very sad thing and a you know ridiculous sort of thing. It it, it softened the blow. Then we never have the money back. We knew that, um, but it was people's kindness and thoughts was uh, was tremendous. Mm. Somebody, support. somebody, just to clarify, somebody actually just went in and saw you put it there and then nicked it when must they had the opportunity. Have, must have done so again. I don't know. To this day, we we I pitched something on top of the battery which is the hub and when i when i'd got back rdt were there and i said to him well i can see why it's not working the hub's on the floor and then the sort of penny starts dropping because i knew it, it shouldn't yeah. have been there so uh, that aside have there ever been any incidents you know that, well, that's terrible what's happened to you there but have there ever been, ever been any incidents that have made you seriously consider giving the game up no, or I bad don't. runs even you know is it... we, we, mm. uh, what, yeah funny you should say that um, when I'm, I'm working, okay, and I've gone to a point-to-point -point at Cothelstone and we were having a bad run, and we were having a bad run, and it started eating into the monthly wage, okay? And there was a 33-to-1 winner down at Cothelstone, um, and it won, and they're all screaming it, and we've laid it. Um, and, and we've laid it, and I did. I remember that day saying to Jane, do you want me to give it up? Mm. But we didn't. And we're still here. Okay. Have there ever been any, no, any honest punters I'm talking about now that have had you over the years that were hard to beat that, you know, you think that he never backs a loser, that fella, but you keep laying him, I suppose. Yeah, you do, because you always think you're going to beat him, don't you? We're a greedy lot, I suppose. <laughs> I can't remember one in particular, can you? No, I can't. Okay, now, this is another story I want you to relate to me, Dave, because I know about it, but I think other people should know about it as well. Um, somebody that you were employing ended up sat naked at the bar at the Comfort Inn Arundel while his bed was on fire. Uh, I don't, <laughs> you better take that one up. I reckon you came up for dinner one night there, Simon. Johnny Purcell um, was a bookmaker. He was in partnership with Johnny Yeo and we got very, very friendly with them. Johnny Purcell, I, I think I'm quite at liberty to say, was probably an alcoholic. And we would go to the same hotel every year, and it was called a Comfort Inn. Jane nicknamed it the Discomfort Inn, okay? But the reason we went back year upon year was because the, the guy that owned it would let us play up. And they could drink, and the kids, Lucy and Gavin, would be, we'd be gone to bed, and they would still be drinking at three, four o'clock in the morning. And he would wait. When when he knew we were coming, he would be stood outside the hotel on a Tuesday evening to welcome us to his establishment. Uh, so one of the stories is he kept saying he kept when we turn up, we organised so he said to him, Tonight, Dave, you will eat at my restaurant. You came. 
So I'm saying, yeah, okay, well, we'd looked at the menu and the kids, they wanted to go down into Arundel, into the nice restaurants. So I said, no, no, we've already booked in. So on the Wednesday morning, I got up for breakfast. Tonight, Dave, you will eat at my restaurant. So I said, oh, you know, no, that same on the Thursday, tonight. So I said, look, I need to be honest with you. Thank you. It's really, really kind. We'll have a drink with you. But the kids, they like their fillet steaks. You will have fillet steak. So I think I agreed that we'd eat. And I think, Sai, there must have been about 14 or 16 of us. Uh, and he, he sat down and ate dinner with us. And we all had a lovely, lovely meal. He was sat there advising me what wine I should have with pate and what wine I should have. And um, when the bill came... I said to him, right, we'll settle up. How much is it? And blah, blah. And he said, oh, no, 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 this is on me. So I think that reflects what we were spending a night <laughs> in his establishment. Well, Johnny Purcell, going back to Johnny Purcell, he would drink until sunlight. He would drink. So this night, he's there and he's drinking. Everybody's gone to bed and Johnny Purcell has eventually gone to bed. So he's smoking. He's in a non-smoking room and he's smoking in his room. And he's caught the mattress on fire. So he's put the mattress out and he's gone out into the corridor um, and the door slammed behind him. So he's gone down to reception. The poor kid in reception can only see him from his waist up. <laughs> no, um, I think that was not a poor kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, can only see him from his waist up. So he's, he's explained that he's locked himself out of his bedroom. So the kid said, I'll get you the key. So he said, well, while you're there, get me a pint of cider as well. <laughs> so he's gone to the bar next door and John's perched himself on the bar stool at reception. And with that, somebody comes in through the door with their suitcase. A couple walked in through the door and John raises his glass and he said, it's naturist. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, he's a character. Um, right, we're getting to the end of this now. A couple of questions for you here. Do you think that bookmakers and betting rings are as appreciated by race courses as much as they are by race goers? Hmm. I, I, I can answer that and just say, no, I don't think the race courses really want us there. And I think that's why they make it, not all of them, I will say, that's why they make it awkward for us. Some are really helpful and let us in to unload our cars. Um, other ones, we have to park such a long way away and drag all our gear and you know how much gear we got Si and, and I just think they try and make it difficult for us and I really don't think they want us there at all but they would rather have their own dough I think they'll find out to their detriment I think they would and I'd agree with you Simon I really do think I think the, the, the amount of people that come and like Jane mentioned earlier on how we got our regular punches now and they want to beat you they're not in a nasty way. They, they turn up with their money and they want to go in with a bit more. No problem with that. And it's a little battle of wits, isn't it? Yeah. And they enjoy the camaraderie. And like you say, Jane's there on the stool having a laugh. I'm on the stool. And it builds on their day. Mm. And, I, and I agree. I do think a lot of these race courses feel they can uh, survive, they can manage without. I think it would take a lot away from people's day out at the races if you didn't have your on-course bookmakers. And I get people coming up at the end of the day saying, thank you so much for a lovely day. You've, you've helped made our day. And if, what, if I can do that, why would they take the bookmakers away? Yeah. Now, finally, um, you've mentioned your son, Gavin, daughter Lucy, several times. Um, Lucy was the youngest female licence holder at one point. Um, gambling's getting a bad rap these days it's almost like a dirty word the race is trying to shove it under the carpet 
might surprise people that you were quite happy for your very young family to be involved with the game when it's seen as less a less than wholesome pastime by some people in the industry. I mean, what would you say about that? Um, I would say we we are. I'm chuffed. I was really really pleased. Pleased immensely proud when Lucy um, got her license. She had a lot of uh, profile. You had Channel Four interview, and she was on the television with Bet Fred. We went to Ascot, and Tanya Stevens um, interviewed her. She was very competent. She was very very good at it, and I'm hoping that she'll come back and um, and take over the business as we get older. Back, it, it. I think it relates back to the nineteen sixties, almost, doesn't it? When it was all backstreet bookmakers, um, and a bookmaker was a dirty word, wasn't it? And I think sometimes people do think like that. We apply the rules. Jane is very strict on the under eighteens, um, and we're chuffed that that they wanted it. It doesn't tick Gavin's box. He's got no interest whatsoever to do it, unless he could have a day off school. Oh yeah, yeah. Unless he could have when had we, a day when off we school. were allowed to take them then. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, no, no, we're, 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 I'm glad, I'm pleased that I think Jane's the same, she's yeah, great, definitely. we're very, very proud when definitely. she's up there, you know, making her book on her own, just as I am with Jane, when she, they go off on their own and they're confident, competent, you know, representing the family is good, I've not got an issue with it at all. And, uh, and finally, I mean, you're certainly not alone being family bookmakers, there are, you know, when the, all the buying and selling came in, there was a lot of uh, people that were going to come in and make a fortune and show everybody how to do it. But there are, a lot of the bookmakers are still family orientated. So, I mean, how do you see the future? As a, a, Could it be a full-time family business going forward? Mm, I'm not sure. What do you think? I, I, yeah. Go on. Well, you, no, you carry on. Yeah, I'm not sure. I do think it, at the moment, I do think it's on on the decline a bit. I think um, with the credit card, with the, not with the credit card, with the card that they want, they want to go cashless, don't they? Um, and, and I think that element will take the fun away from the punter who likes to count his £120 in £10 notes rather than have it paid directly into his bank account. Um, so that that is a worry uh, for me. I hope we, we're in a recession. Money's going to be tight, isn't it? We just got to hope it doesn't squeeze too tight in what we do. OK, well, Jane and Dave Hazel, people... You can come and meet you personally all over the place, especially in the summer in the south. So uh, get in the betting ring and find you too. And uh, thanks very much for taking the time to speak to me. Thank, Thank you, Simon. Simon. Thank you.